Welcome to episode 349 of I Am Talk, your weekly fix in all things Iron Man. Right, team, welcome along to episode 349 of I Am Talk with Coach John Newsom with Ben James Isles. With, I take that. Yeah, with. Yeah, just change it up. Well, because on my computer screen, I got two, I mean, 329, and it can threw me out a little bit because I knew it was 349, but it's 329. My own error, I have to admit it. Good. I front up when I'm at the stage, John. Okay, good. Yeah. Good. How you doing, Bevan? I'm, I'm pretty brilliant yourself. Yeah, good, good. Got your muscle tea sort of hanging out there. Get the guns out. <sighs> Been working out, mate. It was pretty hot up here, isn't it? It is toasty. Pretty warm. Walked into the house and I thought, I'm not gonna, if I'm going to sit down for a couple of hours and talk, mm-hmm. I'm going to be nice and nice and relaxed and get my muscle tea out. Nice. Because it's late night now. For those of you who listen to the show regularly and try to get it ASAP, we're a little bit later today because I've just literally got in from the airport mm-hmm. and we're doing a show at, what, about 10 past seven on a Tuesday night? Yep. Beautiful night outside, John, isn't it? It is. I'm going to go jump in my pool when I get home. Really? Already done that once today and I'm jumping back in later. It's going to be about nine o'clock. That's okay. Wow. It's nice evening dip, freshen up a bit. Nice. I'm talking proudly brought to you by coffeesofhawaii.com. It's just amazing. Athlinks.com. It's just phenomenal. And Extreme Endurance. It's just mind blowing, John. Yes. Mind blowing. John, guess what's happening this week's show? No, don't actually, because you know. Okay. So it wouldn't be the same if you guessed, because you kind of guessed it all right, wouldn't yeah, you? I would. I'm going to say there's going to be some news. Yeah, it would be. An age group of the week. Pretty short on this week. News. I had, a I had short age grouper. Oh. It's just like. As in, they're really short? Yep. Three foot tall? Yep, yep. 147 centimetres. Really? And it's a couple as well. They're both the same height? Exactly the same <laughs> height. It's amazing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Would you go out with someone, like I was, I was on the plane today with a guy I know, just by coincidence, so I was sitting next to him, what are the chances? And he must be six foot six. Yeah. And um, after we got off the plane, I'm talking to him, I'm literally looking straight up at him, you know, like mm. it's, it's, you know, like that. It must be what it's like for a lot of chicks out there. It must be. Is, is that what Blender experiences with you? Yeah, yeah. Is Blender taller than you? About the same. I'm a little bit taller than her, maybe two or three centimetres. Yeah. She <laughs> looks up to me. <laughs> and we've got Webster of the Week, but the big news for this week is we've got a, a guy who's got a brilliant name. Mr. Doherty. <laughs> Mr. Doherty. Even Doherty's got to be on the show, which is really, really great to get him this week uh, on the show because he's doing Ironman New Zealand in uh, two set days from now. So it'd be great to get him on and, and just to let him know how much you feel about his ability in Kona. Yeah. Yep. It's back in, back in the boy all the way. <laughs> back in the <laughs> You <laughs> me up. We've got some questions and answers at the end. First of all, news. And uh, I suppose the big topic that really came out this week was that Ironman have finally announced how they're going to be doing the age group age group rankings uh, globally from here forward so I you know what I've just got off the plane I haven't really done my piece this week John maybe you should fill us in with what's happening well they've been trial running this in um, in Europe this year and I think that it looks like they're using a slightly different se- um, different system for their sort of global launch of this and you basically you know you can do three races um, in the seat and uh, that count you can do as many races as you like now three Ironman no three Ironman or Ironman 70.3 oh so 70.3 counts yeah. okay in the European um, results they did include Include 5150 races as well. They could be point scoring races, um, but it appears that in this one, the age group ranking system is not going to include 5150s, which is probably um, a good thing. Well, how many 5150s are there? Well, there's quite a few in the States. Is not, there? Yeah, there's not that many in, in, in Europe, but there's quite a few in the States. Um, so, what. Uh, 
a lot of people, when I posted it on Facebook, and we'll get to that in a minute, a lot of people didn't seem to be particularly supportive of it. Um, basically, you go and win an Ironman race, you're going to get 5,000 points. And if you go and win a 70.3 race, you're going to get 3,500 points. And then how many points the people behind first place get uh, is going to be determined on a sliding scale based upon each subsequent athlete's finishing time with a minimum of 1,000 points for an Ironman race and 700 points. So if you rock up and you finish you're going to get 1,000 points. So everybody in between is going to get between 5,000 and 1,000. It's not exactly, well, I didn't exactly find it clear exactly how they're going to spread those points, but it is time-based, which I think is a good thing because then, you know, if you only just get second, you're going to get more than, say, somebody who gets an, an hour behind somebody who's second at a, at a lower-tier race. So, um... Wait a second. So if I do an Ironman but get 50th, I still get 1,000 points? Yeah, and, and if I get... Uh, um, the minimum is a thousand points. So I don't know how quickly that goes down. Good. So basically, once you enter, you get a thousand points. Yes, more. that is correct, as far as I understand it, allegedly. Okay, so then if you win three age groups, you get fifteen thousand points. If I do twelve Ironmans, I get twelve thousand points. At twelve Ironman, you earn twelve Ironmans. Well, I'm just thinking, how will people? Manipulate no, so the it? maximum points you can get is fifteen thousand points. If you did three Ironmans and you won all three, oh, so, 15, it, so it goes your three best races from the year. Yes. Okay, sorry, I'm just yeah. kind of figuring this out. And seventy point threes, and you can top them up. So we we obviously assume that not many people are going to do more than two Ironmans. There will be a few, but say you won won your two Ironmans that you did, and you won a seventy point three, then thirty and a half thousand points. If you just did seventy point threes, then you'd get you won three seventy point threes, and you'll have what's that nine ten and a half thousand points. Um, have they ranked races? So let's say there's again, I haven't really looked. I'm no, some super no, questions here because I don't know. I haven't really looked into it. But let's say you go and do Ironman Australia, Ironman New Zealand, and um, Canada, and I go and yeah. do Switzerland. Um, Wales and UK mm -hmm. and we both win all three races and we mm -hmm. get 15,000 each who mm -hmm. wins? Well that'll be a tie as far as I can as far as I understand it so, so, this, this, so my, my I don't really have a problem with this I think it's you know if you want to be the best triathlete in the world you go and do Kona and I think it's building towards the 70.3 they're trying to hype that up if you want to be the best half Ironman athlete you go to Vegas this is a serious thing the champions are not really I'm not really going to be champions. But my, I guess my main issue is that, is that they're just trying to make something a bit gimmicky. That's fine. <laughs> but I really think that they should have or should scale it a little bit. So like you said, um, push people to do the regional championships in the Kona. So a regional champion gets the same points. Yeah, and so that's my issue. So just take me, for example. Say, for example, I win Taupo um, yep. in my age group. And then I go to Kona and I finish in 10th place. Yep. Um, so I might, I don't know how many points I get there, 4,000. But say somebody else goes and wins uh, two, two races, me going to Kona is actually going to punish my points scoring, whereas if I could go to an easier race. So I like the way that they do it in the, um, for the pros. You know, the races are scaled. You know, you've got 2,000-point races, 1,000-point yep. races. And you can't get that complicated with age group stuff. But I think the one thing that they could perhaps do is say, right, regional championships, you get either bonus points or extra points. Kona, if you go to Kona, you know, it's bloody hard competition. There should be some sort of bonus system in there for that as well. Um, John, John, I kind of like, okay, they're doing this. Mm, I'm not sure if it's good or not, you know, time will tell. But uh, the thing I'm curious is, who is this trying to appeal to? Because... Well, we, we look at it from, I think, from a New Zealand perspective, and I think some of the Aussies do as well. Like, for us, it doesn't mean anything, because we're never going to get three races. Well, well I, I would argue... 90% of the Ironman population probably well, go through no, Ironman a year. 
not three Ironmans, but they may well do three WTC races. So if you live oh, in the so States, you know, yeah. there's, there's quite a relatively easy opportunity to do three races if you live in the States. I coach plenty of people so in what do you the States that will do three. three. So, so potentially you could be the Ironman world champion. I know this is maybe not realistic, but you could be the Ironman world champion but have never done an Ironman. I guess re- the- theoretically, yes. I, d- I didn't see any clauses in there that said you have to um, – do an Ironman as you do with a yeah. So WTC. you can win three seven point threes, end up with what's that? It's about thirteen and a half thousand points. Yeah, end up winning the whole thing, and you haven't yeah. even done an Ironman. Yep, it's gold. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not, your mate comes on. I'm better than you. No, you haven't even done one. Hey, I'm the world champ. Yeah. So, um, so I mean that the, the system they trialed in, in Europe this year was um, was a little bit uh, different. So you know, but the guys that were winning in Europe were you know I just uh, so if I, if I go to the male and I go to the 35 to 39 age group, and I go, boom, apply. It is quite, it's pretty easy to find on their, on their uh, website. It's quite easy to run. Rainer so Schneisenhauer. So he's the champion, he's yep. the European champion, basically, yep. for the last he 12 months. 16,000 points. But they had these things called big and small points. So this guy's a bit of a bloody gun. We had nine hours, 15 in Ironman Lanzarote to finish ninth overall, okay. and first in his age group. He had a 51-50, won his age group. But this is the thing, because like, I, I, I know you went on Facebook. What was the general feedback on Facebook? Uh, it was all negative. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and was it kind of money-grabbing kind of stuff? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, and the problem that's, is... That's what you expected. Most, you get more, a lot more negative feedback than, than positive. Yeah, but I think the thing is, is that I don't know if this will generate more money. Because the thing is, is it's, it's really targeted at a real niche market. Like, mm-hmm. you know... We know that most of the people doing our sport are often just the one and dones. Um, maybe 70.3, it's a little bit different, but for the Ironman distance, you know, you're going to get, you know, you've got the one and dones, then you've got the kind of seasons triathletes who, you know, are kind of more making the numbers than winning anything. And then you've got, you know, the 10% of any field who are looking to be competitive. Is that going to bring up, like making something that's targeting that audience, that's not going to bring in much more money, is it? I can't, I can't see it bringing in a lot of money, but it's, I don't know, I guess they're tr- trying to reward those people that, that race more regularly and give them a bit more prestige. You know, like they started it this year with the with the jerseys in Kona, you know, trying to reward the age group athletes, age group what excellence. Was the jersey thing? So if you, you know, you normally go up in Kona and you get your, your, your award oh, up right, there, yeah. but now if you're a world champion, you get to spirit, wear a special world champion's jersey, which I thought was a really yeah, cool, cool idea. Yeah. Um, so I guess... It's an attempt by them to try to reward age groupers who want to go for excellence. I'm curious to see how they measure success of this. Mm. Like how, what, what WTC is measuring for success, you know, is it about, at the end of the day, they're trying to build numbers. So they, this is obviously a, a way that they see will help build numbers. Mm. Um, but I'm, I'm curious to see what that measure is. And, you know, will a year from now, two years, three years from now, this be something that you and I talk about on the show. In a way, in a regular way that we're interested mm. in. Like with the pro ranking, it's different because we want to see who's going to be at Kona. Mm. But we might, like surely every once a year, we'll probably go, okay, these guys are the champions. But I think it might work if you had a, a, a you know North American champions, European champions, Asia Pacific champions. Might work a little bit better, but me competing against an American. Mm. And uh, let's say let's say you're a champion, do you get a Kona slot? Well, this is, uh, Aaron Fern asked that if there was a tangible reward, i.e. a Kona slot for the top 10 ranked age groupers, then I could see a benefit. It doesn't, doesn't so I don't see it. So I think that the, the, there has got to be something tangible there at the end, some sort of benefit that if, yeah, if you win your age group, you get a Kona slot or something like that. I don't, I don't know. Mm, interesting. Time will tell. And, you know, good, good on them for trying stuff. And you know, I don't know if this one will definitely hit home, but who knows, time will tell. But, you know, maybe it will. I'm just looking through here that, 
I don't think there is. There is not one positive comment on Facebook <laughs> out of uh, – so I've got uh, – We're a positive crowd, aren't we, John? I can't yeah. tell how many comments there are there, but there's quite 5, a few. And uh, not one positive one. Not one positive. More evidence that the WCC is out of touch with the average age group athletes. There you go, Jared. Mm-hmm. Nice work. So, well, we'll see. Norman White, money-grabbing bastards. <laughs> go, no, go non-WTC. <laughs> There you go. There you go. <laughs> there you go. I'm up, yeah, time will tell. We'll, we'll talk about that in the future. Other news, John, more Aussies are looking to go more to halves than longs. Well, we'll just see about that. But Brad Carterfelt tried his hand last weekend at the uh, at the Husky. Yeah, Carterfelt won the Commonwealth Gold, didn't he? Yes, he did. Yeah. Yes. And uh, you can remind Bevan Doherty about that when we interview him later on. How'd that Commonwealth Games go for you, Bevan? Who did he get? He was either second or third. He had, I think he was second. Got a medal? Peter Robinson. Third, I think. Um, but Barry Carterfelt, he uh, looked like he got, I think he got a, um, a drafting penalty by the look of it, and he only finished in fourth place. So, not super successful debut. Was so, it, is he out of short course now? Uh, it's hard to know. I wouldn't have thought so. I wouldn't have thought so. But anyway, he gave it a, gave it a crack. Interesting. Um, we had one of the, a couple of the girls last week. We had Emma Moffat last week, Carterfelt this week, and then Lisa Norden is teaming up with Crowe. He's going to be give her a little bit of advice and be sort of a mentor for her. And it looks like she might be doing a little bit of long course as well, maybe more of the halves and stuff. And um, but yeah, it'll be interesting to watch her because she could be one that could be a real killer in Kona and you think? A, a, a long course because she's um, just a good versatile all round athlete, pretty strong on the bike, good in non drafting races. She could be pretty decent. Well, I think this is a really exciting time for our sport post Olympics, isn't it? Nowadays, you know, mm-hmm. like Olympics happen, and then we see the culling off of maybe the older generation or the guys who aren't quite good enough in that kind of short court disc or short mm. course distance, you know. And it's really who is going to switch over, and you know, like it's, it's kind of interesting, isn't it? Oh yeah, yeah. I've no. chucked another one in here from last week. Here, oh. uh, last weekend, we were talking about Crowe doing Kona, yeah, and Colin McConvick, yeah. I can't remember his name. We sent it through and he's saying, according to Australian Associated Press, 40-year-old Craig Alexander yeah, will yeah. be going for his fourth Ironman World title this coming October in 2013. Yeah. Uh, the agenda is always the big races. Why us race? If I'm going to do Ironman racing, of course I'm thinking Kona says Alexander to the AP. I think if I prepare well, I can still contend irrespective of what happened last year. I don't feel like I need to go back for redemption or for any other reason other than I love to race and I want to go back. Alexander plans to defend his Melbourne title, but however, the birth of his third child is due one week before that, so it might not happen. Um, So, yeah, so... So he has to validate somewhere, though, doesn't he? Um, So he'll have to do one somewhere. Didn't he validate the year before and he just kind of took the box? He did. Uh, he went and did Court Lane and he certainly didn't have to race full noise. He still, still, he still won from memory. Um, but didn't have to go full noise. So, yeah, it'll be interesting. Like, I think like, you can't write him off. I mean, God, it's like people like write off Brownie every bloody year. I think he's too old. And, like, for New know, Zealand, you mean? Well, yeah, I mean, he's, he's had bad Konas, but he's still bloody good. And then, and, and then like, what he did in, in, in um, Melbourne last year. And same with Crow, you know, he had a sub eight hour performance last year. He had a shitty race in Kona, but I certainly wouldn't be writing him off. Well, I think the science is helping athletes perform longer, isn't it? You know, look, you think of Crow, you know, if he turns up for Kona, we're going to be saying he's going to be a contender and he's 40. And he was, he was second at 70.3 champs, not too far behind, uh, Behind old uh, Keenlay and in front of Bevan Doherty, so uh, he's not he's not washed up yet. No, so it was good to have him there, I reckon. Mm. Good, good. Okay, what other piece of news have we got here, Jumbo? Tim Hemming sent through a bit of a uh, uh, and and the other news looks like she's packed her try bag for distance runner, thirty six year old distance runner Desiree Ficker has announced she's pregnant. 
Career highlights to be the 9.24 for second in Kona in 2006 behind McKaylee Jones. She also ran 2.39 in the New York City Marathon. Pretty sharp for a pretty sharp-looking chick. I think the thing about Desiree was... She didn't do much after she No, she kind of came on and it was such an amazing performance. And then... It was it was kind of like a one hit wonder, wasn't it? It was because she was she was you know you, you'd normally look at her at a sort of a, a, a sort of fifth through tenth athlete at yeah. Kona maybe, and then boom, she just had a blinder, and then sort of went back fifth to tenth. It was a bit of an odd one. And didn't really do a lot outside of Kona either. Like she wasn't no. hugely successful. Yeah, it was really interesting. You know, because you know there are those athletes who kind of seem to have one amazing performance, and then you never really see them at that level again. And then you get the athletes who come through and they stay there for a while. And she seemed to be more of the first version, which is a pity because she was um, a good-looking chick. <laughs> <laughs> it's all you base it on. No, not at all. John, you've got your quiz. Yeah. Even it, Torsten sent us through some. Torsten sent us through a bunch of questions. He's got um, some good ones. Is that one of his ones? No, this is one of my ones. Okay, so yeah. what's happening now? Last week on last week's show, we kind of thought, what we'll do is we'll chuck a question out. Now, don't go Google it. Don't go Wikipedia. Or we don't yeah. care about that kind of stuff. It's just testing your triathlon knowledge throughout the show. So as you're listening to the show, at the beginning of, at the end of the news each week, is that what we're going to do, is it? Yeah. John, we'll chuck out a question. Not every week, just when we're short on news, like this week. Okay. Okay, well, we, we, when it happens, it happens. Yeah. John, we'll chuck a question out. You're right, you've got to think of the answer, and then when, when do we come back? We'll come back to it after Hot Topic, shall we? So you have you know, maybe five minutes to think about it. Okay, so, um, John, the question is? The question is, last week we did the medalists at the Sydney Olympics. Can you think who was first, second, and third in both the male and females at the Athens Olympics? I know two. <laughs> I know the guys. I'm pretty sure. Oh, I definitely know two of the girls. I was really struggling with the third girl, and I haven't given it any more thought this afternoon. Okay, so well, I'll find out the answers, and you can guess when we get to it. Actually, I think it might have just come to me. Okay, well, just don't go yet, John, because we're going to do it. I, I think I've got it. I think I've got it. Let's talk sponsor, John. SLSTry.com. And we love good feedback about our sponsors. And uh, Adish said, SLS Try, great product, and took advantage of the I Am Talk promo codes. So if you guys are you, you know, going through SLS or Coffees of Hawaii or Extreme Endurance and you have a good experience, do let us know because um, yeah, a bit of testimonials for them is, uh, is all good. They've updated some pictures there on SLS Try. They've got some new socks that are coming out shortly, and I'm in the process, as I've said a couple of times, we're going to have some I Am Talk Try gear that they're going to mm. totally take care of. It's all um, happening there, isn't it? It's all happening. So if compression's your gig, if you've got any sort of uh, spring marathons coming up, you know, we're coming out of our summer, and you North Americans and Europeans are coming um, into I sort hope of you guys have a season. summer like we have, because we've had an amazing summer, haven't we? Since Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. been like one to remember, isn't it? It certainly has. Yeah. Um, so if you want to get some compression gear for those marathons, because that's when we re- no, we really, really need it, uh, go to slstry.com. Got the full range, the socks, the, the shorts, the um, tights, everything you're going to need for compression. And then if you're looking for, if you've lost a bit of weight over winter, or maybe even put well, on a little, put little bit more, put a little, let's be honest, if you need some new try kit, the black and white stuff, I'm loving it from SLS. So check it out, slstry.com. Remember the promo code, I am talk, and if you have a good experience with them, post it on their Facebook page and flick it through to us. Because they love it when you love it. That's right. They love it when you love it, John. Oh, yeah. Trademark that, Bevan. Oh, it's gone. It's, it's a marketing company who will steal it off me, make millions. Okay, John, so last week I was curious around what, what are the things that you do to uh, use emotion to make you perform better at the end of the race, and, and almost like using emotion as a skill to make you work better at the end of a race. Yes. Um, that... Often when we're out racing, we think about process and we really do that. And I, and I, I definitely try to be a process-driven thinker myself when I'm running or racing. Or, But definitely when there's a moment in a race where sometimes it's just about emotion. So what do you guys do with emotion? You can start, John. 
Thank you, Bevan. As my Facebook page just uh, dropped out just a second ago. Francine Grenell. I don't shy away from opportunities, whether it be a race or training opportunity. That makes me mentally tougher. Last April, I biked around Chantilly's Lake in New York State with uh, with a great group. The weather turned very cold, windy, and rainy. I was out in my elements without the proper gear, but instead of letting it go, get to me mentally, I just kept on saying to myself, "Remember this day, this moment, and a future race, and remember how hard it was to push through." So basically remembering those tough moments and how you get through it. And that's one of the big things we, we often get from Epic Camp um, is when guys get through those horrible days or the big, massive big days when they're already tired and they um, we try to encourage them to you know remember those moments because when you're in that deep, dark hole and you know you, you think you're not going to get out of it, you usually can. Well, Gary Fagan's kind of saying the same thing. He's saying race Ember Man. When the going gets tough, uh, when you just tell yourself, I'm an Ember Man, there's nowhere as near as hard as this or that. So suddenly perspective is gained. As a nutback horse. Uh, Roger Thompson, I remind myself to give an honest effort to be uh, inappreciative of the day, to be appreciative of the day. It's not only me that makes the sacrifices in this race. My family makes um, larger ones. Therefore, it is to be respectful of them and not to let them down. I do think, agree with that. A lot of people with kids and stuff, That's um, you can use that as a... Uh, the sacrifice they make as, for you to have this yeah, kind of selfish Yeah, as a little thing. boost. I mean, I don't think there's many people that uh, want to be walking past their kids in the middle of a, an Ironman race <laughs> and throwing, throwing their toys out of the cot and, and not necessarily... I don't know, setting a bad, not necessarily setting a bad example, but throwing in the towel in front of the family when they've uh, sacrificed quite a bit. Okay, um, Michael Sullivan's got trust training sessions, and not just the training itself, but the conditions. If I'm going to be running an Ironman marathon in the afternoon, it doesn't make sense to only run in the cool of the morning. Jeff, the explosion curry. I used to, um, I try to use tough training sessions to help focus on my positive mindset, visualize breaking through the pain and seeing the positive result at the end. This worked really well for me for training. I'm at Frankfurt and the feeling at the end of the real thing will see me through any tough times for the rest of my life. So a bit like Justin Deere was saying a few weeks ago, you know, sometimes having those sessions that you think are going to be impossible and might break you. They're the ones that can sometimes make the difference. Emma Day's got, I write, focused determination, toughness on my arm during a race to help me get through the tough bits and make me stronger mentally and visualise crossing the line, which helps tremendously both during training and racing, but normally makes me cry too. Tony Hodge, this last one I'll do. My biggest mental bogey has been the swim, and so I've been doing 2K Ocean swim events. The conditions in those events are typically tougher, sea, swell, chop, colder, non-wetsuit than I'll face an Ironman. So when I face the Ironman start line, I know I've been through the worst and coped fine. Bridget Goldman, can remember last one? I had an NLP. Do you know about NLP? Neuralistic programming. programming. Yep. A session where I created my own anchor to help me deal with anxiety around the tough parts of the race. This helps heaps. Also used the words from Graham Henry, former Allback coach, who I had dinner with, with BFFs, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, who said, just deal with it <laughs> when oh, you're going yeah. to get stuff. I think I'm a bit like that. Just get on with it. Really? You're not going to die. Just What's get your on strategy? With it. Well, I'm like like you said in the intro, um, I don't. I guess I don't race on emotion. Some people, it's a really important part of their race mm. is, to, is to have something there to constantly keep getting them up. And uh, and for me, on a personal level, I'm very process-driven. So if I start feeling crap, I'm not going to try to draw on emotion. I'm going to try to draw on process and, and sort myself out um, and and have set, set goals, focus on technique, focus on nutrition, and, and all very much process-driven. Of course, I, I 
carry emotion with me during the race. But I, when the going gets tough, I don't really find that that's something I, I draw on. Um, it is very, very much process driven. And this is a bit like a nutrition question. There is no right answer. Yeah, it's um, really how other, you've learned to deal with that, other isn't people it? have done it. But I think that the, the main thing is, I think it was um, uh, who was it? My last question, Tony Hodge, is is um, before you go into the event, is, is thinking about those moments when you, you think the crap might hit the fan or you've got a feeling that in, in past races, you know, 140k in, the wheels start to fall off. It happens every bloody time and I just start to lose the plot. It's try to put yourself in those situations on a regular basis and then figure out how you're going to deal with that, whether that be process-driven or whether that be um, pulling on some emotional strategy. But I think you do need to have a bit of a strategy. So it was a good question, Bevan. Thank um, you. Because I, I, I try hard. Yeah, well, we need to figure out what works for us, have that as part of our race plan. So when the going gets tough, if emotion works for you, thinking about your kids, thinking about the sacrifice, Again, don't just think about it now. Actually, put it down on paper, and then actually practice it a bit in um, in sort of your B and C races. And uh, practice makes perfect. Bevan, how what emotion do you use? Well, when I was thinking about this question, the thing I was always I'm interested in is because I do think there becomes a moment in the race when the end is close enough that you you know you can always push a little bit harder. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Or like it might be an Ironman and there's three k to go, and and sometimes it it does that does come down to more of their personal emotion, and it might go back to a reflection on the sacrifice you made, or it might make like I know for me, I like to use like I love using music, and I know that often in a race you can't use music, but I'll find a song in my head, and I'm quite a musical thinking person, so often mm-hmm. I'll, there'll be a song that goes with a thought, but I try to use music and I'll try to use powerful music in my head and I'll just have that going on and on again and, and really just trying to... And one other thing that really seems to help me is if I identify what it feels like to feel great and oh, yeah. Yeah. physically, you know, not, and not just even focusing, okay, am I kicking, am I lifting, you know, mm-hmm. you know all that kind of mm-hmm. stuff, but what does it feel like when I feel amazing? Mm. Like um, one of the running races I did in, you know, in the last kind of couple of years, I remember I, I, I raced really smartly and I could really finish off strongly and I remember just f- feeling so great in my movement and I'd actually practice feeling like that in my training mm. and, um, you know, so so the physical feeling of what it feels like to be strong and, and then, yeah, obviously all affirmation and all that kind of stuff as well but for me a big thing is finding a piece of music that really pulls me through as well seems to kind of really, like, and if you can use a race with music I actually really love that. I know a lot of people disagree with me on that but yeah. I, it really works for me. So If you're allowed it, you're allowed it. If you're not, you're not. Well, when I did the, 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 um, the challenge race a couple of years ago, you were allowed it, and mm. and I've created a playlist of um, songs I love. Just every song you, oh my god, I love this song. Next song, oh my god, and um, it wasn't a, like I had a really good run, mm. and and uh, it was currently until about three weeks ago, the the PB course record, but <laughs> <laughs> I had to put that in there. Mm-hmm. But the thing was, mentally, it was one of the easiest runs I ever did because it's just I was so enjoying the emotion of the mm-hmm. music. So mm-hmm. I do think if you can use music, go for it. Practice makes perfect. I, th- I totally agree with what you're saying about visualizing being fast, what you look like when you're fast. What it and feels like. Yeah. You know, yeah. what it feels like inside, you know. And so when you do feel really fast, think about that when you're out training as well and g- try to take a bit of a snapshot of that. And uh, t- certainly something I use a lot in training as well. If I'm doing a time trial, I'll be, you know, trying to get that visual of looking fast, feeling fast, just cranking it. Mm, it's all good stuff. Adam Laycock's got a great question. He's got a pretty good life, obviously, because he plans to be retired by 2017, isn't it? Well, you know, how old he is. He might be turning 65 around. No, he's, he's 21. Ah, yeah, good. Yeah, true, Drew. But um, he's basically saying he's, he's planning to retire over the next few years, which is pretty cool. And uh, he's kind of saying at that time he wants to do a pretty cool Ironman race or, or triathlon race around the world. And he thought, well, here's his question. If I have to drag my family around the world for the greatest triathlon where will we be going? I would love to know what you and the listeners think. So basically, we're going to tell Adam where to go. 
And it doesn't have to be an Ironman. This is, he's looking for the experience. Experience, like any triathlon race. Mm. Just one. No, we don't want two, three. We just want you one. Oh, so you, you're, you're restricting it. I think it's so. You only get one vote. One vote. One, one vote, vote team. Don't get excited. Yeah. Don't go, so, oh, well, Len's already and wrote. Yeah. You've got to break those ones apart. Exactly. Okay, John Boone. Well, let's have our quickly uh, quiz now. We'll do our quiz. Oh, okay, okay. So I've got the answers in front of me. Okay. So guys oh, are yeah, obvious. You've got, to, you've got to participate in that a little bit. Well, well, I would okay. Well, well what I wouldn't. Got? Well, obviously Hamish Carter and Bevan Doherty. Yes, which and that's who I would have got anyway. First second. Yeah. So, so if you're non Kiwis, it's pretty. Yeah. There was us Kiwis. The, all New Zealanders know that yeah. one. And third place was Sven Rieder. Yes, from Sw- Switzerland. Switzerland. Yep. Yeah. Uh, the girls' side was Kate Allen, the yep. Australian Austrian. Uh, oh, was she? But she raced for Austria. Yes. But was she Australian? Was she? She is Australian. She, I think she married an Austrian dude. Oh, really? And then she won the gold. Yeah. Yeah. And then she's a bit of a Desiree Ficker. Hasn't really? done much since. Had you done much before? No, not at all. She, it was just ridiculous. She came from nowhere and ran everybody down. Like nowhere. She had not Oh, I think I remember anything. that race now. She was well behind too, wasn't she? Yeah, no tell us, tell us, Tell us the race. Well, so, uh, uh, oh, no, no, as far as I remember, Loretta Harrop was second and I couldn't remember third, but I think it was the American girl. Yes, you've got that part right. You're doing good, John. Come on. Do you want me to do a mime for you? Oh, goodness. Um, okay, watch this. I'll give you a clue. The second name? Rackets, tennis, hitting. Who's a really good tennis player? Williams. Susan Williams. Yes. There you go. Susan Williams. Um, that was great and, she, and she wasn't, she was, she was, yeah, that was an outstanding performance here. She wasn't, certainly wasn't one of the, what I would call favourites. But, um, yeah, I remember there was being a breakaway. Loretta Harrop had it all, all, all sorted. And, uh, and this girl, Kate Allen, must, it was miles back. I don't know what group she was in. And, and they basically, she just had no chance. She was miles behind. And then she just finally ran through just at the end and just absolutely spanked that run like you wouldn't believe. Really? And never did anything again? No, not really. We could look up her results, but I don't remember her doing, doing much. She tried to hand it at Kona for a bit, and I think she might have got a couple of top tens, but certainly nothing too special. So I got, I'll give myself about a nine out of ten. She went Ironman Austria in 2005. Oh, she maybe she did once. Huh? One she thing. got fifth in Kona. Not bad, but you're in a little bit Fifth in Kona 2006 again, and then really that's about it. Mm. 14th in Beijing. Sure, she went to Kona and then went back to short course. Mm. Hey, but she's a gold medalist. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> <nice>. yeah. <laughs> Who are we to criticise? Okay, John, let's put some music on. We're going to put some music on, then we've got our age group of the week. Trying to be a bit quieter today because Joe's home. Oh, okay. She's in the next room. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Got home. She's well, my Joe. She cooked me dinner. Made she made it a pie. Yeah. Like a like a mince pie, but mm-hmm. made the pastry and everything. Oh, goodness. Do you like a pie? Yeah, but I, I went vegetarian stir fry for dinner. <laughs> Just straight up. Hey, did you listen to the interview last week? I believe it. Do you, Do you believe in your mince bloody pies? <laughs> I did believe it when I tell you what. That's a good mince pie. We had a pause there, but we're back, John. We're back. Get rid of the four finger swipe. I yeah. did the four finger swipe on the Mac, and it stopped us. Yes. Stop. I was just telling you how great Joe is as a cook. Yeah. Mm. Age group of the week, John. Age group of the week. It is a long and descriptive one from <laughs> Mark Edom. Okay, so Mark Edom sent through age group of the week. So goes, guys, I'd like to nominate Al and um, Anne Larson, who finished I'm in Arizona in exactly the same time of 13 hours, 17 minutes and 48 seconds. The family that races together stays together. All the best, Mark. Nice. That's it. That's it. That's it. Nice. Good detail there, Mark. <laughs> I tell you what, 
John, uh, John's browsing a lot today. Well, I've gone. I, I was trying to pull up the. See, I couldn't. I couldn't understand why I couldn't find them in the. Um, in the results. In the results, and here it's got the 2013 results from Ironman Arizona, but they were in 2012. Maybe 2012. Oh. So, John, I asked this question before when we recorded and didn't record. Yes. Could you do a race with Belinda? No, negative. Could you train with Belinda? No, negative. What if it was like a track session? Uh, we could do that. We, we've done in the past. We've done a little bit of. Uh, I push the buggy, and she she runs, runs. beside you. Yeah, that goes all right. That went okay from, from time to time. No, she's no. What, no. what too slow? No, they're just just not compatible. <laughs> not compatible. She won't enjoy it. I won't enjoy it. I'm lucky because I can I can train with Joe. Yeah, we go for runs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're in Melbourne. We ran pretty much every day. We even did like a our forty run together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just long, put her yeah. We've got areas and we don't even talk she's, to each other. She's 130-ish. Isn't she? Yeah. Yeah, so she's, she's pretty, pretty yeah, she, slick. Yeah. yeah, like her, her good pace is my kind of medium pace, which works out. Yeah. yeah. Um, so anyway, back to Anne and Alan. Both did uh, Arizona. Good old Anne um, smoked old hubby there in the swim over the 109. Oh, so they didn't race together. Well, they finished together. And then, uh, then Alan, you know, put the diesels on on the bike and, and rode a six twenty six and rode up to Anne, and then they ran together, and they finished in thirteen, seventeen, and fifty seconds. Al, brought Al, he was one hundred eighty fourth in his age group. And did better, didn't she? And did better. She was sixty eighth. Wow, well done, Anne. Nice. <laughs> How old is that? Anne is in the forty. No, oh, then forty to forty four. Oh, young. She's a business executive from San Carlos, California, USA. Well, there we go. Well, Anne and, Anne and Al, double A. You are our age, age group of the, of the week. week. And that was our last age grouper that we've got. So, season so we need some more. From any races um, in the last uh, 12 months will be fine. And if you do want to stretch back a little bit further, that's okay. But it has to be pretty special, but yeah, yeah, you can't yeah. say, oh, you know, I finished a PB two minutes back in 33. Yeah, no. That's it's got to be pretty special. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, John's sponsor. Athlinks.com. Yes. Uh, Bevan's been talking up Challenge Wanaka where he did the uh, the half there some time ago and his race record was uh, re- recently oh, no, smashed heart. to pieces. It's the only record I've ever had in my life. It is. Have you ever had a race record? Um, surely the Nelson race. Surely. Surely. I don't know. They don't really keep race records much in triathlon. Well, especially in New Zealand. Exactly. Yes. And this year we had Dylan McNeese and Gina Crawford take out Athlinks, uh, take out uh, Challenge Wanaka, but they were, they were not the first Athlinks finishers. Male age grouper of 30, 30 years old. And he, Philip Cross took out the Athlinks Award in 11 hours, 10 minutes, and 22 seconds. And Sarah Walker took out the girls' Athlinks finish in 12 hours and 6 minutes. So Philip Cross, 38, 30 years age, ooh, 126 in the swim. Mm. Yeah, needs to up a little bit on the swim. 5.44. In those conditions, admirable. On the bike. Yep, That's admirable. And then came home with a 3.49. 5.44 when you consider, you know, Dylan only did five hours. Yeah, it was a tough, tough day on the bike. Tough, tough day on the bike. Sarah Walker, she smoked old Philip. She would have been the leading athletics um, person out there on the swim. She did a 1.12. Nice work. That's pretty solid when um, a lot of girls like Gina and that were only coming out in, in the hour mark. Six sixteen on the bike and uh, four thirty on the four thirty one on the run. Finishing looks like second in her age group. Nice work, John. You know what I'm thinking? What are you thinking, Bevan? Tell you, us your thoughts. You should athletes should come for you, and when, you should bag them on the show when they need a career boost. Because mm-hmm. recently your 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 predictions. You've kind of got it wrong a lot, but it's been great for the athlete. I'm going to keep bagging Bevan, saying he's got no chance in Kona. 
Because no Dylan, Dylan, you didn't give him much hope, but he kicked butt. He did. Mako and Kona, you didn't give yeah. much hope, he yeah. kicked butt. You're not giving Bevan, or you are picking I, Bevan for Kona oh, for New Zealand, aren't you? Uh, maybe I should change that. Oh, you're not now? Well, I was, but maybe oh, I should change okay. it. Yeah. Didn't yeah. Go, I was picking Ray Lert. I, I never get Kona, right? I'm, my picks for Kona have been, I'd, I'd be interesting to go back in the last few years and, and do, see our picks for Kona, because I think. The best you've ever done was 33. 33. Yeah. 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 Look at old Luke McKenzie. Luke McKenzie. We didn't tell him about that when we interviewed him. In case we're rambling tonight, it's because... I don't think we need to do Webster of the Week. Okay, fine. I think by the time we do the wrap-up and we'll talk to him, we'll talk to Ben for 30 minutes, won't we? Uh, yeah, something like that. Yeah. Just, yeah. So, Challenge Monica, so if you want to update your Athlinks profile, um, get them updated. Um, if if they haven't got the results up there, just, just fill in the details or put your provisional result up there and it usually takes them a couple of weeks to make sure all the results are finalised because they don't want to keep updating everything. But it is the best place to keep all your all your races. You know what's going to be cool, Bevan? Wait, um... Um, the Superman movie. No. Um, fifth, uh, I've got a, a 10K I did last year across the Halls or Downs, coming back up in a couple of weeks' time. Going to go out there and do it and see where the old fitness is at, go back to Athlinks to be able to see exactly what I did last year rather than having to search through the absolute crappy Athletics County <laughs> website. <laughs> that competition a bit, aren't they? Is, is the Triathlon Club a good website? Oh, it's okay. Okay, just go yeah. to Athlinks, eh? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay, guys, that's Athlinks.com. Okay, so guys, we're going to put an interview on now. Yeah, I think so. Bevan Doherty, uh, triathlon legend. We have to get on a legend show eventually when he retires. Yeah, that's why I'm not going to ask too many legends questions tonight because um, it's going to be more about Taupo focus and where's he at uh, rather than asking about the, all the glory days. And um, yes, yeah, so we'll save that. Glory days. <laughs> um, so Bevan Doherty on the show right now. We, we all know who Bevan is. He's, he's a legend of the sport. So here's Bevan. Right, this week we've Great got name. There's a great name on the show today. Mr. Doherty, who's... Mr. T- Bevan Doherty. What, the, the Doherty or the Bevan? The, the, the Bevan. The Bevan. Bevan. <laughs> Do you know what's funny? It was years ago at work, someone came up to me and go, oh, I heard you're a really good triathlete. I, was, oh, I try really hard because you know, I was doing a ride at Ironman as an age grouper. I said, oh, I heard you're doing really, really well. I said, oh, yeah, yeah. You're Bevan Doherty, eh? I was like, oh, God, I always wanted to claim it. <laughs> but it Just roll with it, mate. Yeah. yeah. You actually don't get too far with it. Um. <laughs> he, he's, a, he's a man yeah. that's terrorised terrorised triathletes for over a, uh, a decade now throughout the world, and another man who's proved that you can almost live off one potato for an entire week's um, <laughs> food. But uh, Bevan, I thought that was Brian Rhodes that did that. He's still doing it, isn't he? He's still, oh, he's still doing it. Yeah, so, uh, yeah. I did that for a couple of years. He did that. Um, Bevan, it's uh, you're, you're obviously taking a big, big step up this year in terms of uh, your racing. So, so tell us about what you've been up to today in the, the thriving metropolis of Taupo in terms of uh, today's preparation for Taupo. Uh, actually, uh, today in itself, um, nice solid day out training. Um, did my last long run. Um, actually, only did two hours forty. Is that considered a long run for you guys or not? We, we, that's, that's getting up there. As long as you did yeah. a sub four minute K pace, that's okay. <laughs> yeah, no, I was I was moving along quite quickly actually. It felt quite good today. So um yeah, probably covered a, a fair amount of distance. Um and uh, a bit of a lazy swim in the morning just before it. So uh yeah, I, uh, th- this is all a learning curve for me. Um, to be honest, I, I don't have a clue what the hell I'm doing. I'm just uh, <laughs> kind of hmm, bullshitting my way through it. Um, but uh, you know, Johnny, that uh, I've got a reputation for training pretty hard, and yeah. uh, and certainly um, over the years of having Mark Elliott as, as my coach, um, 
I've, I've always trained really hard and um, because of that, I haven't really had to alter my training a hell of a lot, maybe just um, tag on an hour here and there and, um, you know, fill in the rest. So I, I guess we'll see in uh, 10 days' time how, how it pans out. You've, um, we, we've asked, we asked Rasmus Heading this question a few years ago and it got a bit of an interesting response when he thought he could run a, was it a, a, a 2.12, wasn't it? No, two, it was, it was, it was 2.12. 2.12 yeah. marathon or something like that. You know, you've raced Crowe plenty of times and, and a lot of the guys um, over, over half distance and have got a fair idea how you stack up against them running-wise and, and Brownie and the like. I mean, what do you think you're capable of in terms of the run? Um, so Rasmus said he could run a 2.12 oh, no, this, this, this is a fresh marathon if you were to train hardcore oh, okay. we'll get two answers hardcore only ran for maybe six months to a year what do you think you could do and then what do you think you could run Ironman oh, mate, mate I wouldn't have a clue um, to be honest um, I'm hopeless with times so, <laughs> um, yeah like I, I, I would not have a clue um, actually the other day I um, rode around the lake um, so what's that 160k around the lake uh, felt quite good got close to four hours for around the lake um, nice. solo and then um, did one lap of the run course off the bike and um, knocked that out in 51 minutes so uh, I don't nice. know what, what's that that's a that's a 233 for uh, <laughs> <laughs> there you go but uh, to, to be honest, um, now I know how fast not to run off the bike because um, yeah. th- there's no way in hell I could have um, held that together. But uh, I, I, like I say, this is, this is a learning curve for me and um, yeah, I, to be honest, I, I don't want to learn the hard way uh, this weekend. Um, I, I sort of, I'm, I'm going to hold back a bit and um, we'll see what happens. But um you know, there's there's been times where uh, I've I've run off the bike, and I guess everything's just aligned. You know, the the coke starts to kick in, and you're on a bit of a high, and um, things come together. So, um, um, you know, it surprises me that guys aren't running uh, sub two forty off the bike. Not, I'm not saying that I can run a sub two forty off the bike, but um, I think the legends back in the day were running sub two forty off the bike, weren't they? Question around coaching. Obviously, Mark coached you for a long, long time, and you had um, you know, John Hellman's just for a little bit before that. I mean, um, were, you, were you tempted at all when you, you made the change to, to racing iron distance to, to get getting an, an advisor on board, or you, you really are just, just sort of trying to do it your way? Um, one of the strong things I believe in in coaching is is actually um, having faith in in the coach and, and actually um, believing the coach. Um, I've, I've seen far too many athletes out there coached by someone but not fully confident and not actually believing in their ideas. And, and um, that said, they don't really commit to the program or um, you know take advice from other people. Um, so um, at the end of the day, uh, Mark Elliott was was one of the only guys I really trusted and mm. um, you know, sort of believed in. Um, and uh, um, I guess the main reason why we, we sort of um, departed and, and headed, headed in our own direction was um, – 
just the um, geographical distance apart. It was um, I'm I'm obviously based out in uh, Santa Cruz, California now, and and Mark's based out of Wanaka, but uh, also he has his commitments with um, Bike NZ. Um, but you know, um, I'm sorry, Johnny, but I, I can't think of anyone that I would like to be coached by. <laughs> just, just pop me a note, mate. Yeah. I'll, I'll look after yeah, you. Look after you, give mates rates. <laughs> you know, like for, for years. You... Trust. Yeah, I guess I'm 35 years old now, and um, I, I'm kind of set in my ways. Um, and at the end of the day, I, um, yeah, it was one good thing about Mark was we'd sort of been together for so long that. We understood each other quite well, and um, and and now to to try and um, you know get in a co- coaching relationship with someone else, um, it, it's going to take you know, sort of years to understand each other. Um, and uh, I've got a pretty good idea of how my body reacts and um, what needs to be done. So yeah, we'll see. We'll see in ten days' time. Hey, Bevan, you know, like, you know, through your kind of um, Olympic distance career, you've been quite adamant that Ironman was only really for fools. <laughs> and, uh, well, not, you know what I mean, oh, in, in a kind of piss take way, but. I, I, I've, I've always wanted to step up. Uh, oh, really? Oh, so, okay, sorry. I always got the impression that you weren't really interested. Uh, no, I, I've always been interested in it. Um, I guess the main reason I, I stayed in short course triathlon was. Uh, I had an Olympic silver, um, had an Olympic bronze. Um, there was only sort of one, one better than that, and uh, that was, um, to be honest, what, what kept me in the sport for so long. Um, it didn't quite pan out with a twelfth at London, but uh, you know, um, uh, I, I certainly think it was a good time to move. And um, yeah, I, a lot of people have said um, that I'd be suited towards this distance, and. Uh, um, certainly the half Ironman results last year have, have proven that I'm, I'm better at the longer distance and, and hopefully uh, stepping up to the big one um, um, shows even more. So we'll, we'll see. you got a you got a new bike here you're, you're riding around at the moment. I've seen you on that fancy Specialized. So tell, tell us a bit about that. And also, um, are you riding to power at all or are you just, again, you know, just sort of riding to perceived effort when you're out on the bike? Uh, I'm riding to perceived effort. Um, I, I used to do a bit of bit of power, but um, it, um, in my opinion, um, I like I, I understand my limits, um, and uh, I know when I'm going too hard, when I'm going too easy. So uh, I think uh, the best indicator for me is is perceived effort. Um, and last thing I want to do is um, you know look down at the power meter and see I'm only pushing. 250 watts and um, thought I was pushing 300 um, it's quite demoralizing at times so uh, you know I, I, I just ride to how I feel now um, uh, I, I know a lot of other people that um, work quite well off power but um, I, I, I sort of stay away from that um, but as, as for my move to uh, specialized um, I'm, I'm super excited with it uh, Obviously, I, I had a very good, strong relationship with Avanti, and they were, they were great sponsors. But um, it was certainly time for a change, and um, and it, and it certainly made sense um, moving to to Specialized. I'm I'm based out of Santa Cruz, California, which is um, just 30 minutes away from Morgan Hill, where uh, Specialized HQ is, and um, 
and even that alone has has sort of given me a lot of advantage and benefits. Just being able to pop across the hill, get a bike fit, um, meet a lot of the key guys, and and um, you know have have some input into the product is um, is sort of been a big bonus. Um, and also, they make a pretty awesome bike. So uh, yeah, I'm I'm excited to to race it in ten days' time. I've, so we've got a few questions about sort of your planning of, of the day. Now I've got a forewarn you. I reckon this, you're going to find the swim pretty bloody easy. But but what <laughs> what are you what are you sort of expecting for the swim? Because you're going to have Terenzo there. Um, I don't know if there are many other you know strong swimmers. But but what's... I, I think Marco Albert. He's he's yeah. not a bad swimmer. Yeah, um, yeah I mean. Uh, my, I, I'm not a natural swimmer. Um, I've um, I've been able to um, bluff my way through uh, swimming. Um, um, you know, I, and and the reason why I made the front pack in uh, in um, in London was basically because um, I was so damn fit, um, and and I certainly have to work really hard at my swimming. And uh, what I've noticed over the last few months is that. Um, yeah, even if I drop a set here or there or just cut a session back by a K, it, it, it certainly does affect my swimming. And, uh, I mean, in uh, Auckland 70.3, uh, I was drifting off the back. And uh, Panama, um, you know, I was, I was um, 20 metres off the lead there. So um, I think a lot of people sort of think – you know, um, swimming in this uh, longer distance isn't important, and um, I, I personally believe you, you, you've got to be on your game and everything. Um, you know, you, you certainly can't win a race through your swimming, but uh, you can definitely lose it or, or, or make life a little little difficult. Um, but it's, I, I guess, it's just a balancing act, and uh, I, I still need to find that balance. Um, so I, I guess going into race day, um, hopefully I find it easy. That that would be ideal. Um, ideally, I, I, I'm just gonna sit on some feet and and, and play the game throughout the uh, throughout the entire race. Um, yeah, it, it's a big learning curve for me, and um, I have no idea about you know how hard I should be going in the uh, in in the bike and and also in the run. Um, I, I guess um, uh, one of the best bits of advice I, I got was just from uh, Graham O'Grady yesterday, and he says, um, you know, don't go out and race, just let the race come to you. And uh, he said, you know, um, eventually the race is just going to beat, beat down on you and um, you, you're just going to have to try and hang in there. And, and, and I guess that's what I'm going to do. i got I got enough speed. Um um, hopefully, I've just got enough endurance, and uh, and uh, I, I just need to ha- have a good nutrition plan in, in place. Bevan, you know, um, you, you know, you're, you're a seasoned, experienced athlete of, of such a high level. Yeah, I, I imagine you have a pretty good routine around how you approach races. You know, especially Olympic distance. Um, does that shift as you lead into the next couple of weeks, or you know, getting into the race? Do you really change anything about your preparation, and if so, how? Um. I, how do you mean preparation? You know, just like your mental game, like you know, just the process oh, of getting ready for a race. 
certainly keep my uh, mental game in place. Um, yeah, I, I, I call it Bevy World. Um, and, I like um, the sound of that. It's got a bit of a ring to it. Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. Um, it's not a nice place, though. I'm, I'm, I'm a bit of an arsehole, and uh, <laughs> you know, that's why my wife doesn't come to, to too many races with me because it, I, I'm not a nice person leading into an event. And, and that's just kind of how I, I, I deal with um uh, I guess the pressure or the nerves, um, but also put myself in the right frame of mind. Um, but uh, as far as a pre-race routine, um, I, I've, I've had to change it up a bit. This uh, this whole long-distance stuff is um, is a bit numbing for me. Uh, in the ITU stuff, our races generally start at um, two o'clock in the afternoon or even later, and sort of get to sleep in, have a late breakfast, go back to the room, watch a movie. Uh, but now that I'm doing this long stuff, uh, the alarm's set for 3 o'clock. Um, it's a rude awakening. Uh, try and get as much food down as possible and uh, head off uh, in the dark to a pitch black transition. So um, it's it's all new and um, I, I'm, I'm still learning, but... Uh, um, as far as a mental build-up, I, I haven't really had to change much, and I, and I th- certainly think that's one of my um, strong attributes as, a, as an athlete. I, I can put myself, um, you know, put my game face on and, um, and perform when, when it needs to be done. So so far this season, you've had um, you raced seventy point three in Auckland, and you got beaten by a guy that none of us had, had heard much before. But you look like yeah, you know, I, I hadn't heard of him. <laughs> I, I've, I've seen him around. You know, I, don't get me wrong. Um, he's he's a fantastic athlete, but uh, I actually thought he was from Europe. And yeah. uh, it's like, oh sweet, I, at least I still won the Oceania champs. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he's an Aussie, um, but you know, it was it was great to see him win Geelong as well. Just just shows that he is in great form and he is a talented athlete. Um, so, uh, yeah, um, you know, and that and that's the sport. There's there's so many new guys coming in, and uh, you, you're going to have to you know keep your eyes open all the time. You, you looked like you were you're suffering like a dog, and you, you didn't look like you were sort of up on your toes. So, I mean, were you were you pretty pretty pleased with the, the fact that you got you know second with the race there and then I didn't really read too much about what happened in Panama but we saw Oscar Galindas um, spank the hell out of that bike ride over there so maybe tell us a bit about that and, and how you felt in those two races. Uh, yeah I mean um, Auckland was um, I, to be honest to, to get second there with how I felt I was pretty happy with it. Um, I, I'd uh, just flown in a couple of days beforehand and um, uh, I was training hard, um, but nothing seemed to be clicking at that point in time in my training. So um, to get to come out of that with um, with second place, uh, you know, I, I was pretty happy. It was it was a fairly solid field. Um, so you know, I, I I probably could have bitched it out a little bit harder and it might have made it a bit closer. But um, it, it's always hard when you you got such a long season in the back of your mind. Um, and and also Panama, that was a, essentially a last-minute decision. Um, um, <clears throat> good opportunity to race. Um, and, and I've had a lot of guys saying to me, oh, you've got to be careful, um, you know, doing too many races this early on. You, you don't want to burn yourself out. But uh, um, 
not many people know how I train, and I actually train harder than I race. Um, so you know, it it it, it was a it was a perfect um, bike run session for me, um, and um, I I think I got a lot out of it. Um, yeah, and I also got some good prize money and some good points as well. Um, just sucks that I got beaten by a forty-one-year-old. <laughs> I knew you wouldn't be happy about that. <laughs> no, no, no. It's all right. I'll get over it. He, he never seems to race well out of um, South America, so uh, yeah, we won't worry about him for the rest of the season. You know, you've been in the ITU world for, for you know for from for a long time, and you know obviously you've transitioned out of that in this last kind of period of time. What are the things you're noticing as you're shifting from that world that you're moving into the Ironman world, and you know, what are some of the things that you're noticing that you may not have realised were, were there? Uh, from a general point of view, <laughs> um, I, I, I'm I'm struggling with the um, the whole age group of scene. I mean, I, I mean it, it's it's fantastic. There, there's certainly the um, the, the guys that carry this sport and, um, you know, um, justify uh, my good sponsorships because they're so so passionate about the sport. But, uh, you know, when I rock up to, um, uh, to Las Vegas um, and go for an easy jog uh, the night before the race and there's, you know, hundreds and hundreds of age groupers just, freaking giving it to themselves the night before the race and it's not cold there um you know i'm just like what the hell are you guys doing the real race is tomorrow um that, that's that's all quite new to me um I, from what i understand kona's yeah we took it um you pop out a sub three minute okay and kona <laughs> ali you drive you're nobody right. <laughs> I tell you what, mate. Yeah, I was I was getting passed left, right, and centre by, um, yeah, just just these guys out, and God knows how they went the next day. But um, you know, it's a it's a whole new scene, and um, it's great because you know they're they're just passionate about the sport, and and um, you know you can be become a hero in their eyes. So uh, it's it's really cool. Um, but. Um, yeah, there's um, there's a lot of changes. Um, I, I've made some mistakes. It's a, um, Auckland. I forgot to bring my bike down to race briefing because you got to check your bike in the night before, and just little professional things that uh, I wouldn't even think about um, <laughs> that that I, that I need need to sort out. But uh, yeah, it's it's a lot of fun and. Uh, I, I'm I'm really enjoying the change. Um, I, I tell you what, lining up um, before the race in uh, in Las Vegas, just uh, hanging out with the boys with Crowey and um, Greg Bennett, um, Paul Barney, and all those guys. It, it was just a lot of fun. It, it was a lot more relaxed, and um, you know, I, I was just having a great old time. Whereas. Uh, it's is very different to an ITU. Uh, ITU is, is certainly a lot more intense, and uh, you know you, you're lining up um, just um, quite literally pissing yourself. Uh, you know, there's there's 75 guys um, lined up next to you wanting to beat the crap out of you, and uh, you know, have you seen the size of some of those Russian guys? <laughs> They're quite intimidating. Um, so. Uh, I'm I'm just enjoying the change and it, you know, it's it's a lot more relaxed. So that's there. We had a question there from Tony Nags on on Facebook, sort of asking if the you, you really do feel there's a bit of a different culture amongst the athletes. You know, there is 
quite a disconnect oh, I feel when you're doing ITU stuff between the the elite race and the age group whereas with the um, an Ironman I think there's a lot stronger connection you're all doing the same course and you there is this little separation and start now but you're almost out there at the same time so do you find there is quite a quite a big difference in terms of the athletes um, attitudes and, and and sort of how they act around races Oh, certainly, yeah. There's, there's no doubt about that. Um, I, I guess we're, we're, we're quite isolated. Um, you know, there's a, there's a lot of races we go to in ITU where um, they don't even have age group races. Um, you just there as pros, and uh, um, it's a lot of fun because you, you're hanging out with your mates, but um, you, you really don't interact with um, a lot of the age group guys, and it, it, it's great. I, I, I. Um, I keep on going back to Vegas, but I, I had such a good time. I was I was staying in the main hotel there, and um, even after the race, just sitting down having pizza and and a beer with my family, and and talking to some of the age groupers, and um, I guess trading more stories. Um, but also there is sort of um, interest in, in in what you do, and I, I guess um, in their shock to how normal. A person um, I actually am. Uh, <laughs> I, I guess I've got a reputation of being a bit of an asshole out there, but um, you know, once you get to know me, I'm I'm quite a nice guy. <laughs> he is a nice guy. I'll, I'll vouch for that. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Like I say, uh, when I'm in Bevy World and when I got my game face on, I'm I, I mean business. So uh, don't get in my way or, or don't don't screw me up because I'll, I'll let you know about it. But, uh, <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's it, it's a job for me, and um, uh, and 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 certainly when I'm in the right frame of mind, um, you know, unfortunately, I am going to abuse someone or um, or an official. I I do apologise to the officials, but um, throw know. throw a drink bottle at a cameraman. Yeah, I, yeah, no, he shouldn't have been there. He deserved that. <laughs> <laughs> Um, one one thing I've been saying on the show recently, and Bevan's going to rip into me about this, is I, I'm I'm um, gobsmacked. You know, I think the first time I remember racing you was probably the first time I remember was probably 1991, I think, at the National Secondary Schools Duathlon Champs. It might have been 1991, something like that. And you mm-hmm. blasted off the, the the start line, and then you exploded. And um, and here we are, you know, 20, 22 I years can't later. That. Sorry, Johnny. Oh, I, I can. I can. <laughs> we, both, we both got smoked by Will Smith. It doesn't matter. Um, by about five minutes. Um, but how you you keep the motivation going for for so long, and and the desire, and you know that was one of my my questions for you is, you know, you've you've I can understand that motivation for the Olympics each time around, trying to get that gold medal. Now you're sort of thirty five. You've got family and stuff. Is how strong is the desire, or how different is the desire to to get to Kona and, and potentially win it? You know, is it a burning, burning desire like it may have been in, early in your career for like an Olympic gold? Uh, yeah, I mean, there, there is the desire. I mean, probably what's kept me going is just um, goal setting. Uh, you know, I've I've always used that as a as a major driving force for me. Uh, um, and, and whether it's a, a short-term goal, mid-term goal or long-term goal, you know, um, I, I structure all my training around that or my um, uh, season around that or, or my career around that. Um, so, you know, obviously stepping away from the ITU stuff, I, I didn't achieve that final goal of um, gold um, at the Olympics, but uh, 
another goal is is to win the um, Hawaiian Ironman, and um, I sort of realise it's, it's not going to happen overnight, um, and it, and it's not going to happen first year round. I, 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 I have to pay respect to the sport and um, and uh, and pay my dues. Um, I mean, the history shows that it's it's not that easy. Um, a lot of guys have made that mistake of uh, talking it up. Um, but uh, I, I strongly believe I've got a very good chance of uh, of winning Kona, and um, and and that's something that drives me. It, it's it's certainly a lot harder now that I've got um, two and a half kids, uh, two of my own, and I've got a fifteen year old stepson. But um, he makes a good babysitter. Um, <laughs> and, uh, we we got a we got a great nanny and um you know it 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 doesn't take too much away from a training and recovery but uh it's um it's a lot harder to make sacrifices i mean even coming over here um 2 weeks early for for this ironman uh is pretty tough on me the last thing i want to do is um spend that amount of time away from my family um so yeah i mean if you if you're truly uh, passionate and serious about um, kicking butt in the sport, then um, you know, don't fall in love and don't have kids. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm not going to pick. I'm not going to pick you for Kona because every time I pick someone for Kona, they've got no chance. So, yeah. so if you hear me, if you hear me not picking you anywhere, I'm not being nasty to you. I just, I just, I just want you to win. It's all right, Johnny. <laughs> Um, oh. yeah, I, I don't like the pressure of two. So. <laughs> the pressure of being the, the, the second Malusian to, to take the title. Um, in terms of the rest of the season, what do you got planned? Uh, still working my way through it. Um, I had planned to do some more 70.3s, um, but um, I'm actually um, leading the rankings at the moment, I think. Nice. So uh, got, got enough points to qualify for Vegas. Um and uh, want to qualify for Des Moines. Um, obviously, uh, it'd be great to um, have a good race here, and that hopefully that's enough to qualify myself for, uh, for Kona. Um, just make some money and um, enjoy the sport. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm a professional at the end of the day. Um, um, my, my big goal is, is Kona, but uh, and um, I, I don't really want to do too many things that would... Um, affect my result there but um um that said uh yeah, there's there's some good money to be made out there and uh i gotta feed my two and a half kids <laughs> Bevan, you know like does racing in new zealand bring any more pressure or is it just another race for you you know ironman new zealand is, is obviously our big race of the year and and cam is such an iconic ironman figure in new zealand uh, but you live overseas now, and, and you've been around the block, you know, in the sport for so long. Is it just another race, or does racing in New Zealand bring something else to the uh, race? No, it's just another race uh, for me, actually. Um, to be honest, I'm really excited about the race. Uh, I, I, I love Taupo. I, I mean, the last few days, I, I remember in a, I sent a tweet um, about a week to ten days ago, just saying how gorgeous. Um, the Bay Area was um, Santa Cruz and um, Monterey and all that. You know, the the training's amazing there. And now I'm going to have to take it back because um, it's um, Taupo is just such a gorgeous place as well. Um, you know, r- rode around the lake the other day. Uh, Road, uh, ran along the hooker track today and um, mm. the weather's stunning. Um, you know, at the end of a run, I just fall into the lake and drink as much water as I can. Um, it's it's a magical place here and uh, I'm just, um, you know, glad that 
this could be my first Ironman. Uh, um, well, I've got to finish first. Easy to sign up. Um, <laughs> what Brian Rhodes said. <laughs> um, nice. Um, but, uh, you know, I... Uh, um, I've got a lot of mates here and I, I certainly know that I'm going to have a lot of hometown support and um, I'm just going to go out and enjoy the day and um, hopefully I, I feel on my game and on my toes and I can have a good race. Nice. Well, oh yeah, Bevan wants me to ask the Lance oh, question. Did I? <laughs> Lance question. So you, yep. you, you said you wanted... Well, on the news you were quite open about you, it. You wanted him to die and go into a uh, coffin and bury himself somewhere and, and also yeah. there was that incident in Panama. I mean, did the media <laughs> really blow that up or was he a complete... Well, tell, 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 tell us the story uh, first and then... Yeah, I, th- I think the media sort of blew it up a little bit. Um, so, you know... I, I, I'll give him the benefit of the doubt there, but um, he, he, he was quite reserved in Panama um, now, whether it's just because of um, um, his celebrity status. I mean, I, I can remember after 2004, I, um, um, I, for about a month, I was just um, inundated with... Uh, you know, people wanting to shake my hand, and you know, it was pretty cool. But after a while, you, you find yourself putting your head down, being qu- quite reserved. And and I can only imagine or appreciate, um, you know, how how it is for, for Lance. Um, but uh, that said, um, he did come across as a bit of an asshole. Um, you know, whether, whether he had his uh, is his version of Bevy World on? Um, I, I'm not too sure. Um, but um, I guess as far as Lance goes, I, I, I certainly watched the um, the whole Oprah interview and I, I just wanted to know what he wanted out of it. And uh, I, I feel he, all he wants out of it is um, is not remorse for, for the amount of lives he's ruined, was is just to, so that he can get back and start racing again. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I get. I personally think if he was, if he was um, um, genuine about his apology to everyone, uh, he should spend his his time, or should be spending the rest of his life apologising to everybody's lives he's ruined, and uh, and uh, not uh, you know not bother about um, trying to race in Kona. Now, uh, if they allow him to race in, in Kona. Um, it should only be as as an age grouper. Um, certainly, all all the drugs he's taken over the years has put him in a uh, better physical um, condition than he would be without having taken those drugs. Um, the fact that he hasn't been on it for um, a couple of months or a couple of years or eight years, God knows how long. Um, really doesn't have anything to do with it. Um, he admitted in his interview that he, he started every race clean. Um, um, it was just the drugs he was taking were um, helping him with his training. And um, that said, he's he, he's in a bit of um, um, condition because of all the drugs he's taken. So we're certainly at a disadvantage, and uh, I wouldn't be too happy about it. Nice. Bevan, just, just one last question because that's always what I do. Do you think there's many drugs in our sport? Um, I'm not too sure. I, you'd have to be naive to think that our sport is clean. I mean, it, it, all of a sudden, um, yeah, um, Lance comes out now, you know, there's um, rugby league. Yeah, and, AFL. Um, yeah, all these other sports. Um, 
Um, and, and, and for us to say that our sport is clean, you, you certainly have to be naive to believe that. Um, all I can say is um, from my point of view, I'm, I'm clean and I've been able to achieve the results I have over the years. So um, it's somewhat reassuring. Um, but every now and again, there's a result out there. You're like, how the fuck did this? <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry, mate. It's a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um, so y- you know, you wonder every now and again. But um, um, I, I'm just happy that I- I've been able to achieve what I can and um, and and do it clean. And um, that's that's something with um, with with cycling. A, a lot of guys. Um, have certainly um, gone into the sport not believing that they could achieve anything um, without taking drugs. So uh, that's that's one great thing about our sport. Nice. Well, I want to finish on a positive note and uh, and see you kicking some some butt next weekend. Yes, we have some race. I'm looking forward to it. The the Battle of the Kiwis, um, and yep. uh, then we'll look forward to seeing you in Kona. And and just be ready because yeah. I'm making my comeback in 2014, Bevan. It's come come oh, to Taupo, <laughs> and there's going to be some ass kicking happening. So if you plan on winning in Kona in 2014, you've got no hope. Yeah, you just you're going to shave down for it, uh, Johnny Newsom. <laughs> the chest yeah. may get whacked. Still roll the rug. Yeah, the rug. No. <laughs> No one can beat the rug. <laughs> awesome. You have, um, have fun next weekend. We hope you enjoy it and we uh, hope you have a great day and we look forward to, to following your year. So thanks for coming on. Yeah, thanks, thanks mate. You're a champ. What do you think, John? Oh, amazing. <laughs> Just amazing. <laughs> we, we haven't actually recorded the interview yet. You've heard it, but we recorded it after the show. Let's uh, hope he's there and he's not in bed. You know, it's 8 o'clock. He might be tucked up in bed. And, well, you used, to, you used to live for him, didn't you? Yeah, in France. Yeah, how long did you live with him for? Uh, we had a season in France. So we were together. And he stayed with did us. Did you room with him? In Christchurch. I didn't share a room with him. I shared the flipping a bedroom with a, a stinky Aussie. Bevan was uh, Bevan slept in the lounge behind the couch. Well, this is his room. Yeah, like for how long? Five months. Oh, really? <laughs> wow. So he was always last bed, but that was fine. It suited well, him. Did he stay up late? Did he? Yeah, he was. So always he won't be to bed now then, will he? Well, let's hope not. He's doing Ironman training now. It's all different. Did he like getting up early in the morning? Uh, was he just one of those guys who doesn't eat much you sleep? You weren't allowed to go in the lounge in the morning. If he got up, he got up. Yeah. Oh, really? Well, you, you just went into the kitchen. You didn't go through the lounge to get anywhere. It was like it was like. How a, big was this place? Uh, it was three bedrooms. It was. Um, so you had a room two, to yourself? No, he had the lounge himself. Another guy had one room, and then me and another guy were upstairs. How come you had chair? Well, just draw shores. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, in one room was Paul Amy, and he was like um, second in the world at that time. So he's like. And he was still flirting with you guys. Yeah. How'd so, that work out? So he got um, he, he got first divs and then it was like either share a room, didn't want to sleep in the lounge, me and Lizzie were okay sharing a room. So oh, well, What's right. a funny story from the rooming? Well, his girlfriend stayed for a while. Oh, really? <laughs> what, your flipmate, your roommate's girlfriend? <laughs> 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 and let's, let's, let's just, let's just move maybe on not, not to, to ex- me. Did, did, did you see things, maybe? No, surely not. Surely not. Extreme endurance. Ex endurance, eh? Tell us about it. Tell you what, some fat looking, flipping. Um, it's because they're on ex endurance, Sean. I know some of these uh, CrossFit people. And then we've got oh, a skinny, yeah. a skinny fast dude, Abdi Abdurama, is is on their homepage as well. As is Leslie Peterson, who wins uh, the Xterra World Championships for the second competitive year. Um, so, what I like about the ex- extreme endurance it's got the tick, the informed choice tick. And this is a bloody problem we've got these days. Um, you don't know what the hell 
you're taking and um, whether it's going to be safe. And we've seen recently all these Aussies getting, uh, well, no, nobody in Australia has really been uh, busted or anything like that. But there's all these accusations going around about people either taking drugs knowingly or unknowingly they're not quite sure but um, one way that you can make sure that you are taking something that is uh, is not going to be on the list is to look for the informed choice tick and that's what the extreme endurance has got it's got the little box with the green tick and that means that their products are sent off and independently tested and uh, that means they are not going to be containing any banned substances and you're not going to be tested positive so check Tell it out what, guys go to, go to the xendurance.com website and it really is funny you don't want to be a runner, really, do you? But if you're, if you're, if you're going for image only, yes. CrossFit's definitely the way to go. It is. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, triathlon, long course triathlon pulls it off too. Mm. Not as bulky as CrossFit, but we, 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 we've got nice, healthy-looking bodies. Mm. That runner, yeah, he's not looking healthy. <laughs> Edmarium. Yeah. Uh, so you make sure you use our new code as well, IMTALK5. You get five bucks off anything you order on there except some of the little um, prepackaged things. But uh, make sure you use the promo code. And again, if you're enjoying the product, pop us a note through and also let them know on their Facebook page. Uh, it's all good in the hood. So check it out, xendurance.com. Use the code IMTALK5, number okay, five. Okay, John, questions and answers. And we've got uh, a little bit of a wrap-up. I think this is from Tim. Okay. An, ex- an exclusive interview, a British, great British triathlete, Harry Wiltshire, has talked openly about his long-term ban from the sport and a big feature in this month's Triathlon 220 magazine. It's a full-profile piece, so John may care to have to read of it and comment on it. He's got the PDF. Did you read it? You didn't send me the PDF. You often do that. Um, oh, it's my fault. So, yeah. And then you, didn't, you didn't reply and say, can you send me a PDF? Didn't want, to, didn't want to clog up your inbox. Okay, thanks. So, so what's the, what, what was the whole point of this? Why did you read the the PDF? Well, no. But, but, I was banking on you reading the PDF. You knew I was away. <laughs> you knew I was overseas. You knew I was working hard. You knew I got home at 7 o'clock, straight home to the show. John. You should have had that 30 minutes prep. You told me to come at 7.30 and then you changed the rules on me and I was bloody bathing the kids. Well, um, anyway, the, the guts of it is, I didn't read the article, but he's launched a website, Your Competitive okay, Edge, which now. is very introductory at this stage. But essentially what he's trying to do, from, from as far as I understand, is, is really trying to get a group of athletes together and they can really take advantage of being on part of a team and getting special deals with their associated sponsors. So they're going to get you know killer prices on, uh, on X, Y and Z um, if they're part of the team. And then the the well, process. Apparently, three of six athletes have qualified to join the elite. So yeah, and then the process would be yeah, as you move through the different um, levels of his uh, your competitive edge group, then uh, you're obviously going to benefit more. One of the things that I did really like about the site, the in um, one of their they're going to be doing a camp over at Chalet Lacat, which is run by um, good old Pete, who came on one of our epic camps. And uh, awesome place over in uh, France, and he's basically made a t- t- you know a, it's an incredible chalet. If you get on the website, Bevan, you'll see this bloody chalet, and it's huge, just an awesome training venue. It's down um, the far end of Lake Annecy, which we've been for uh, on Epic Camp once before, and looks awesome. So it's just an interesting concept. Um, you seem to see a lot of these little team-based things turning up in the UK, and I think it's yeah, a great it idea. Seems to, it seems to work in the UK, and doesn't you don't really hear of them elsewhere. You're not going to make um, you. Your millions out of these things but it's one of those things if you group together you can give a sponsor some really good value and um, they may not you may not end up with cash in your pocket but you might end up with quite a bunch of free stuff or really really good price work and um, everybody sort of comes out of a bit of a winner so um, Harry Wiltshire got a bit of a checkered pass but looks like he's doing some good stuff here well, so has he got a checkered pass or did he make one bad decision 
yeah, he's probably young and, and made a pretty dumb decision. Yeah. So I wouldn't say it's like when Hayden Ralston once once got into a fight in the bar. He's a top New Zealand writer, and for the rest of his career, the media goes, "Bad boy, Hayden Ralston." It's like, mm. okay, you know, a lot of guys get some fights and battles when they're young. Mm. You know, John used to beat everyone up, didn't you? Exactly. So, you know, so I'll put a link to this on www.imtalk.me. Uh, Your competitive edge, one team, one dream. Yeah. Well, what's, uh, what I like about this one is Harry's obviously a pretty elite athlete, and so mm. and he's probably got a long career in front of him. And what that you know, it'd be interesting to see if imagine if every pro, you know, if you got like a, a Brownlee, or you know whatever, and he got five elite guys around him and you just called that a team. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And elite guys being top age group guys, not guys who are actually going to go move on to be a professional career. Yeah. But, you know, he can use his influence to then, you know, like, a, I don't know. Sharing cool, the love. Yeah, cool idea. Okay, um, Sutton's blog, tell oh, me about I it. Might have to, I might have to hold that off on that one, I think, Bevan, because it's, it's quite a long, in-depth thing. Should we get him on? Uh, we can try. But cool. basically, uh, if you want to do your research and so you, you can know what we're talking about when we – when we talk about maybe next week, Team TBB, um, Brett Sutton has really said that, oh, excuse me for a second. I haven't got your water, sorry. Um, really saying that the WTC's wheels are coming off and he's done a big um, extensive article about basically how venture capitalists cannot be a good thing and we all need to take over and somebody needs to buy out WTC and get the sport going again. Uh, but if you're competing against venture capitalists, where are you going to get the money? Mm-hmm. Maybe we could start a fund, John. Hmm. A venture capital fund. Okay, there you go. <laughs> okay, well, um, let's see if we can get him on. Okay. Yeah, there's your job. <laughs> Gosh. Okay, well, let's put some... Um, Hold let's on. Pause. And then Tony Nags, uh, uh. Tony Nags said that he basically sent us through an article from The Independent. You can chuck it on the website. I'm giving you jobs. Now you're giving me jobs. Yep. Uh, saying that the Neanderthal man would kick the ass out of any of us uh, these days. A beat... Usain Bolt and hands down in a 100 metre sprint he's got all the research he's done all the looking at all the fossils and said that uh, Neanderthal man was quicker than did you Usain read this Bolt one? I did read that one how do they know that John well they said he's got these fossilised prints is it, is it and he was figuring out their stride length or something like that and he figured out that they would be running at about I think it was 47 kilometres an hour and they said uh, that Usain oh, Bolt runs at 45 they would just. Eat. They said that they would kick the ass. They said the woman would beat Hulk. Um, was it Hulk Hogan? No, they would beat Arnold Schwarzenegger in a uh, an arm wrestle. And basically, we're all just fat, lazy, and but we're yeah. intelligent. So yeah. we just get a gun and shoot them. Exactly. <laughs> so. Just saying. Yeah. Just, uh, so check it out. Bevan will have the link on the. the yeah, well, it's a good website. piece actually. It was a really good piece. It was on the independent.co.uk, and I'll put that on www.iamtalk.me. Now, John, we're going to pause here because we need to call Bevan. Okay. Okay. And we're back, John. We, Magic of podcasting. They didn't know we're gone. Oh, we're back. Amazing. Mm. It's a little bit darker now. Mm. Sponsor, John. Let's do a sponsor. Coffees of Hawaii. Kung Hei Fat Choi. Oh, tell me about it. That's pretty good. Bit of Chinese New Year going on at Coffees of Hawaii. Well, John, I tell you what. So we went into, uh, I was in KL in Malaysia last weekend, mm-hmm. and uh, we they put us up in a mean hotel. Oh, <laughs> like sometimes, when I go to Taiwan, there's no lies. There's a hotel we stay in that was an old brothel. And you can tell it was a brothel because each room has a theme. Mm. Like I've even slept on a circle bed, but it was an old brothel back in like 1970 and they haven't done it up. Like it's, it's pretty tragic. Yeah. So sometimes you get that level of hotel and then sometimes you get like mean butt hotel. And yeah. I could probably swear on today's show because Bevan did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, but, um, but and this one was like that and uh, but what they had done because this is a massive complex like it was probably huge massive oh, like one of those big Vegas ones you yeah. know like massive the Bellagio yeah kind of like that and um, 
they put this lighting out. Like, it was unbelievable. Actually, I've got a photo, I'll show you. And just this amazing lighting, of course, for the new year. And cover for your phone, eh? Oh, yeah, like that? Yeah. It's quite good, eh? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So, anyway, the, so anyway, the Chinese New Year lighting was amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And my story. Sorry. <laughs> well, you killed my story. with your phone. It's fancy. Yeah, yeah thanks. Where you go. Um, <laughs> Kung Fa Choi, Chinese New Year. See that? Look at that. That is fancy. That's pretty cool, isn't it? That's not Bellagio. That's like um, the old part of Vegas. That's just when you walk out the front lights. door. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Nice. Mm. Are you having good meals? Oh, unbelievable. Yeah. Buffet. To beat Macca's little hors d'oeuvres that he had over in Kona, they were pretty awesome. No, way better. Oh, can't, it's not possible. Yesterday not morning, possible. yesterday we went, for possible. we went for breakfast at 8.30 in the morning. Yeah. We left at quarter past 11 and we ate the whole time. Right. Yes. Buffet, non-stop. About time you did a bit of training, oh, Mr. Right. About time you did a bit of training. Uh, King of Choi, Sunday, February the 10th, I think was Chinese New Year, but um, they're still celebrating on Coffees of Hawaii. And you can get yourself, this year is the year of the snake. Did you know that, Bevan? The year of the snake. I don't know much about the Chinese New Year oh, stuff. Tell me about massive. it. massive. Yeah, I know it's you massive. go around giving each other money. If you're single, you get a lot of money. Really? And it's, it's why, why? Because they want you to prosper. They give you a little red envelope. So I used to make a killing over in Hong Kong. What do you mean? People come up and give you money? Yeah. It's because you're single. Anybody, if you, anybody remotely Sam related Warner, to Sam you. Warren, Sam Warren is racing for Team TBB. Sam Warner, surely not. Well, she's doing something for their blog. Okay. I very much doubt she's racing. But I could be wrong. Well, she's on the blog. Anyway, back to Chinese New Year. Kung Fat Choi. Uh, Chinese New Year, of the, this is the year of the snake. We have created a limited edition blend of Maui, Hilo and Ohau beans. We call it the... Nahiki roast, a crafty blend of our best wine coffees. As with the Nahiki, this coffee is graceful, exciting, and dark. It is said that a Nahiki is uh, in a house is a good omen, simply meaning you will <coughs> not starve. Stock up on this roast, and uh, it's a good omen. Kung Fat Choi, use a promotional, we'll use the I Am Talk promotional codes, but uh, they've got some other ones up there. Go to imtalk.me and get all our codes. And uh, Really what they should be doing, John, not giving money, giving coffees of Hawaii. They should be. Yeah. There you go. Bring longevity and good health. That's right. Yeah. Bit of a kick in the morning. That's right. Better day with coffee of Hawaii. Mm-hmm. Here's the logo, Albert. You want a good day? Better day with Coffees of Hawaii. There you go. Yeah. There you go. Check it out, coffeesofhawaii.com. John, cheers. Big pun? Cheers. Sam Warren, Team TBB. Really? We make life better. Two wheels at a time. Yep. Yeah, that's gone, but yeah, she yeah. is. Um, so she's racing. What race is she doing? Fill me in. Well, she's just on the blog, but she's an athlete. It seems odd. Why does it seem odd? I don't know. She's got a kid Kid now. Got to go over and live in Thailand and live in Switzerland. Matthias Heck. Yeah. Scott DePhillipsis, Mary Pithelis, James Kanana, yeah. Sam Warner, Chrissy Sims. She's in the American team. You don't believe me, do you? I'm going to the website right now. Look, I've got it right here in front of me. I'll, I'll share the link. Well, team, the, is it teamtbb.com? Yep. Seven Bayless, Bella Bayless. Go athletes. Right. Have you done it? I'm, I'm waiting for your crappy Wi-Fi to kick in. Oh, it's my fault. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There okay, you, you carry, carry on and I'll have a bit of a look-see here. Well, I don't really have much else to say, John. Gossip. gossip. Really, it's the gossip time of the show, really, isn't it? Okay. Our sponsors are? Coffeesofwire.com. Uh, Chinese New Year. Athlinks.com. Uh, Monica Race. And it's, uh, it's LS and... Compression. Extreme Endurance. CrossFit. There we go. John, what's happening here? We're, 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 Sam Warren, 1971. 
so she is getting on in terms of <laughs> athletic in terms of age. She won seventy one. How do you prepare for an event with absolute focus? Favorite food, sushi. Uh, what is your personal cycling goal for twenty twelve? To get my hands on a P five. Oh, that's just PR. That is. Yeah. That is just PR, and she knows it. Just looking for what races she got planned. Do they have the race schedule on there? It doesn't appear to be. So oh, I'm going to be interested to see how she goes. She hasn't done anything for a while. She's got a kid, as I said. Uh, well, she's back, mate. She's TB, TBB. So there you go. She's yeah, and I'll be interested to see how she goes. She was bloody good there for a while, and then she stepped up to Ironman, and she um, didn't achieve what I thought she was going to be able to achieve. I thought she was going to spank it. Yeah, she didn't quite, did she? She spanked some half Ironmans like you wouldn't believe. She was killing it. Yeah. And then she um, lost her way a bit. Anyway, Bevan, what's happening? Well, I was going to ask you, because I've already okay. seen you. How's, how's Project 2014 going? It's going good. I'm, I'm, I'm going to check out your, pro, your pro website. I'm a little worried. Uh, so what I'm doing with the website, people, is um, I'm, I've been posting things. I'm going, oh, this needs a little bit different. So now I'm sort of each day, I'm putting what my objective is, what my is plan it, is. What was it? It's Coach John oh, Project Twenty Fourteen. Coach John Project Twenty Fourteen. Here we go. So, um, I'm basically tomorrow I've got a meeting with uh, the guy who's going to be doing um, my, or pro- probably going to be doing my bike coaching, um, and so that's going to add Craig from BikeCycle.co.nz. Nice. If you need to get a power meter, get the Power to Max one. Those guys have got those, and it is awesome. I'm loving it. Um, and after that, we're going to have a lot more structure. Really, at the moment, the training is just it's simply general conditioning. It's just going out there, doing random stuff, and just trying to get a bit of base fitness. What did you do today and put today's up? I have not put today's up. today. This week is going to be a bit of a nightmare. i just got to get in what I can. All I got today was an hour and a half bike to Corsi Bay and back, so today was not particularly constructive. Okay. But all in all, feeling pretty, feeling pretty fitness is building nicely. Very happy with how progress is going. Okay, what other goss you got? What other goss? Uh, wedding anniversary the other day. Oh, how'd that go? Yeah, wrote a little poem there for Belinda. Did you really pick it up? Yeah, that ca- that only comes out very seldom. Wow. Yeah. What happened? No, I just. So you wait again. So you whoa, whoa? Can you tell us the poem? No. Oh, John, I'm impressed. Yeah. Mate, you've just gone up my put books. A little card. Yeah, yeah. Did you get her a gift? No. Didn't need to because that's the thing about poems and crap like that. Free gifts. Oh, mate. Like it's, it works for your budget coming, big time. Coming to your world. She's going to get poems every year now. No, she's not. Last one she got was years ago. How long did it take you to write the poem? Oh, she was out on Saturday night, so I banged it out. Yeah. Yeah, mate, we could write it. I could put some music to it. Camping with my daughter this weekend, preschool camp out night. I'm in charge. I'm the boss of the whole thing. Oh, really? I've got to bring along the marshmallows and the barbecues to, to grill the marshmallows. Is this, on. Is this at the preschool? Mm-hmm. You've got your tent, haven't you? I've got a big tent if you want a big no, tent. I only had small tents at preschool, limited space. Uh, I'm in charge. Had to had to lay down a few few requests to the um, the uh, the teachers saying this year we're going to allow a little alcohol. Oh, really? <laughs> so for the parents later on. I'm going to pull out cranium for the parents. Give nice, the kids, that's a good We're one. going to run to a schedule. Last year it was shambles. It wasn't happy. Why, 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 why? There was no schedule. There was no, no, you didn't organise it. That's I didn't organise This year, I'm going to say, kids are in bed this time. A few little... Um, but there's always little, one kid. Oh, they're a little bit younger, Yeah, but that's they? okay. My, my, my kid's fine. They'll be in bed. And then I'll uh, we'll feel a little nightcaps and pull out the cranium. And get drunk. Yeah. What if, what if there's problems with the kids? <laughs> Just put a lock on the <laughs> bottom. They'll, of, they'll look after themselves. Put a lock on the bottom of the zip. It's all gay. How old are the kids? Between three and five. That's the age part. Because remember when you when you're at school camp, did you get in trouble? Oh, Trying to kiss yeah. the girls. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Like that's when yeah. you're teenagers. It's, yeah. it's just a hassle. But young kids, they fall asleep. Yeah. There were one who can't. He's a bit afraid. That's okay. 
Take him home. Take Top him off. Taking Thomas's first French lesson tomorrow. French? Yeah, yeah. He's learning French? Yeah, yeah. Why is he learning French? Because he's just going to be a bloody genius. I'm a Chinese, mate. We're moving into New World. Yeah, well, we're going for French. Then I can Joe, you can speak French. Say something French, babe. Oh, babe. Au revoir. Well, you're going places. Goodbye. That's the end of the show. <laughs> oh, really? I didn't even know what I meant. Okay, well, KOL for me. Yeah. KOL. That was yep. good. Yeah. Came home. How many meals did you get on the flight? I suppose you didn't need many after that breakfast. Do you know what? I got on a flight, fell asleep straight away. Started watching Wreck It Ralph. Mm-hmm. Fell asleep within 10 minutes, woke up seven hours later. You're not going to get much sleep tonight then, are you? No, I'm pretty tired. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, I worked hard on this trip. Two hours. I did yeah. two hours work. How bad is that? Huh. Went to KL five days. It's not entirely true because I probably did more like five hours, but it was, it was a really cool trip because I basically, the cool thing about my world is that you got these people who you don't really see that often, but when you see, you, you don't listen to me again, are you? I'm still intrigued about Sam Warner. I'm, I'm listening. What are you being intrigued about me? Um, you're on this trip and uh, you only did five hours of work and... What was the cool thing? You haven't come to the punchline yet. Uh, well, is there, I get all these friends around the world. Like, oh, thank you. There you go. I'm listening. Thank you. That's, I'm engaging. Do you have that out when you're at home with Belinda? Laptop on the couch? Yeah. Yeah, so do I. <laughs> we shouldn't. We've got to create some rules around that. Well, Joe, Joe's answer. She, she does as much as I do. Oh, good. Mm. Good. Does she have her own laptop? No, but she's requesting one. Joe's requesting one as well. Joe needs one because she does a bit of work. Belinda's like, <laughs> she does not need a laptop. We are going to get Joe one. But anyway, so I got all these friends around the world and you kind of get to catch up on this awesome weekend. So that was kind of fun. Cool. Yeah. Chaos pretty hot. Yeah. It's that humid heat. Yeah. 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 I'm, like, I'm opening up again now. I don't give a shit about Chaos hot weather. <laughs> Do you know what I'm doing this weekend, John? What are you doing this weekend? Our running club, we've got our social event on. I hope you're not doing it at Hagley Park. Yeah, what's that? You can come and see me at the beer festival. No, I'm beer not. festival. beer festival on. Yeah, yeah. I'll be out there large, going large Saturday what, afternoon. What time does that start? Oh, I think it kicks off about 11. Have you done this before? We've done wine festivals. We haven't done a beer festival before. Are you going to rotten? Well, we'll see. It's going to get messy, surely. Well, it gets messy later. I think we're going to do the civilised adult thing, get slightly... Yeah, yep. cherry and then bugger off before all the laughs. And, and, and wait a second, then you go look after babies at night. Ah, oh, they would just put them to bed. They <laughs> <laughs> just put them to bed. No, we're doing a hypnotist night for a running group. Oh, that's good. We've hired a hypnotist. Which one have you got? Brian Gee. He's good. Yeah, he is good. Have you been before? Yeah, because when I fundraised for Hawaii, I did a fundraising thing with him mm. and uh, he was very good. So, um, so would you go up? I did go up last time. We went up for a preschool one. And did you get done? No. Ah, oh, gutted. Tried. Who did? Anyone I'd know? No. Were they funny? Oh, no, there was actually. There was uh, the, the cycling guy. Um, he's He won like the time trial, Paul, Paul Odlin. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. <sighs> Interesting. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I thought it was, it was great. A, a fantastic night. Yeah, we're so looking forward to it. So I'm going to go up. I'm going to try. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, if it does, I'll get some film and I'll put it on the podcast. I'll put it on the um, oh, yeah. website. Yeah. Yeah, good times. Anyway, there we are this for this week. What time's the show going to be out tonight, baby? I oh, know. I'm pretty tired. <laughs> I'm Russ. I mean, don't. Train hard. Train smart. Kia kaha. kaha.